Welcome, listeners. You are listening to the R Effect podcast. This is a very special feature-length episode all about sustainable sort-outs, dealing with your Christmas waste. We're welcoming the new year, helping you deal with your Christmas wastage in a bit more of a planet-friendly manner. We will be revealing to you the true wastefulness of Christmas, diving into food waste, material waste, as well as analysing the waste hierarchy and looking into the most sustainable Christmas tree you can get next year. So welcome along, everyone. This is the R Effect podcast, our Christmas special episode. And I'm joined today by the wonderful Sean Walters. Hello, Sean. Hi, Jake. How are we doing? I'm very well, thank you. It's good to be here. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to have you. Uh, um, Listeners will recognise that we no longer have a George on the podcast. Um, He has moved on to Pastors New, um, but Sean has taken up the mantle of co-host swooped in and uh you know he's come prepared with professional microphone and home studio setup and you're looking forward to it sean aren't you i very much am yeah what an honor oh well there we are we want to talk today about we want to expand on the theme of christmas wastage didn't we so how christmas is a wonderful time of the year but also very wasteful actually when you look into it yes yeah very much so there's a lot we can learn to just modify our behaviours in small ways that could go a long way. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, we don't want to put a downer on Christmas, but we want to uplift no. you in recognising these ways uh, that it's quite wasteful and recognising there's actually some really simple things you can do to make it less wasteful. Um, and that's what me and Sean are hopefully going to convey to you today over the series of the podcast. So we're going to cover several, several different themes that we think are the key ones. Uh, So we're going to explore things like wrapping paper, electronic waste, uh, food waste. That's really important. Uh, We're going to touch on the waste hierarchy. So in terms of this waste, um, what's the first thing you should be doing when you think it, when you're looking at a piece of waste? What should I try and do with it? And what's the absolute last thing you want to do? We're going to delve into Christmas trees, which I'm very excited to do. Sean, are you excited to delve into Christmas trees? I am, yeah. I've learned so much about them in preparation for that. <laughs> so we're going to delve into what's the most sustainable option for that tree in our humblest opinion as sustainability uh, professionals <laughs> with some resources. So yeah, artificial versus natural. We're going to delve into that later. The importance of recycling things and how you can save lots of energy. And finally, I think we're going to touch on just our personal top tips for sustainable presence and sort of touching on that idea that the best thing you could do at Christmas is to encourage someone else to think sustainably as well. Would you say, Sean? Yes. Yeah, there's yeah, great, so. great many options for that now. Give the gift of sustainability. Yeah. So what can Sean give to me to make me think more sustainably? What can I give to Sean to make him think more sustainably? So uh, those are the things we're going to cover today. Thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoy the rest of the episode. So without further ado, we're going to delve into some quick stats because we want to hit you with some stats that are really meaningful and we uh, that really struck us as well, to be honest, Sean, didn't they? 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so um, we found some staggering facts and uh, all about different wastage uh, items at Christmas. I will start with this one, which was astonishing to me. It's about wrapping paper. And uh, this is the amount of wrapping paper that is used in the UK. And it amounts to 227,000 miles of paper. That is ridiculous. 227,000 miles. I'm sure there's a stat out there about how many times to the moon and back that is. <laughs> I can't even think of a thousand miles. I, I can't conceptualise it at all. I know yeah. that my my trip to Swansea in Wales, which is where Sean, near to where Sean is talking to us in Cardiff, um, back home in Dorset was about 130 miles. That is that, isn't it? A thousand journeys. More than a thousand, like 2,000 journeys to... Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. In wrapping paper. In wrapping paper. Yeah, it's crazy. That is mad. And in the UK as well, you know, that's very close to home. It's probably worth noting, isn't it, that um, I guess part of the problem is you get lots of different varieties of wrapping paper, don't you? That's right. And much of it is not recyclable. Uh, That is wrapping paper with glitter or or with a metallic material. Mm. So often, shamefully, the really exciting wrapping paper yes it's not actually recyclable no I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it because it just mm. it's very very sparkly and nice yeah I know. it's forbidden because it's <laughs> less sustainable we, it is forbidden in the sustainability world yeah absolutely so um with that in mind um we don't want to take away the nice uh, looking wrapping paper from your lives everyone but we want to give you some ideas about uh you know how you can wrap your presence in a more sustainable way so sean you've got some ideas for us Yes, something I have tried is to use old newspapers or magazines, which are which you can use as wrapping paper and reuse them in that way. Um, Like I will take uh, a section of the newspaper that appeals to the person I'm giving a gift to. (laughs) So I don't know the sports section for my dad or uh, wildlife for my brother. And that's that's a nice way to personalize it in a way that's That's sustainable. And you've done that before. That's so cool. I have. Yeah. I can't say I've done that. I, I'm more of a brown paper, parcel paper guy. That's, um, that's classic. Yeah. So I guess my tip for people would be, um, if you don't want to upcycle things, um, just buy very plain paper or at least look for the wrapping paper that um, is either recyclable or it says FSC certified, which is the Forestry Stewardship Council, which um, is basically the accrediting body for ensuring that wood that went into making that paper um is from sustainable sources yes by all means yeah Yeah, you can you can buy your own wrapping paper of course but there are some that are better in terms of sustainability than others so it's uh, good to keep an eye out for yeah definitely so there's two options there the the other one i've noted here for us to talk about is have you seen those sort of material wraps that lush make i haven't i've only heard of them I've seen them more often round women's heads because they basically use them as hair ties. But oh, if you wow. go to L- Lush is an amazing shop. I, I, I will probably touch on this later. A good okay. place to get gifts, I reckon. Have you shopped in Lush, Sean? I have. You I have in the past. Nice. Um, paper, everything, like just a sticker holding things together. And they sell gift um, sort of, I say bags, but gift packages usually within these knot wraps, which are basically a piece of textile that they like wrap a present in and they tie a knot on the top. So um, it contains it. And it's like a little bit of a, um, is it a hack and sack? Is that what it's called? Like a, a sort of, um, well, you a see that traditional. Sack. Yeah, yeah hacky sack. Like, stick. So that's another option you can do. There's a knapsack, I just remembered. Mm. I believe that's what it is. But and yeah, that sounds yes. great. I can picture it. 
yeah. it sounds wonderful. Absolutely. So, um, yes, that's another option. So there you are, three options, listeners, to reduce that 227,000 miles of wrapping paper that is used in the UK each year. Going to move on now to electronic waste. That's pretty that's a pretty big one. Um, we haven't covered electronic waste on the RFI podcast before, but it's a serious problem. Um, seriously bad. Uh, we're all guilty of having electronics. We need electronics to, you know, to do our day-to-day tasks and keep in contact with each other. It's certainly something we can do without. But I guess I wanted to talk about this at Christmas, Sean, because I feel like a lot of people will buy new electronics at Christmas. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I've been guilty of treating myself to new microphones, new headphones, et cetera, (laughs) Christmas. Um, And the fact is, electronic waste is notoriously, I guess, difficult to recycle in many ways, um, but also is a major environmental problem, isn't it? So Mm. the stat I have got um, about electronic waste is really staggering. So it's estimated over 12 million tonnes of electronic waste is produced globally each year, which is crazy. Um, that was last year, I'll say, so 2019. And less than half of that, they estimate, was recycled, which is absolutely crazy. Oh, wow. And this is from a, a leading United Nations sort of uh, e-waste monitor um, system as well. So very trustworthy, but yeah, crazy. But it can vary so much, can't it, from you know your new electric toothbrush to um, a phone, um, even a cable, you know, yeah, some cable. So if your cable's a bit dodgy and you buy a new one, um, you're going to want to get rid of the old one, even though it might have a little bit of life in it left. So what can we do over Christmas to tackle this? Right. Well, I can start with a relatively easy answer compared to the other ones you posed. And <laughs> that is to consider buying secondhand tech when opting for new things. Absolutely. Um, as that's you bought, an immediate thing that you can do. Have you bought secondhand stuff recently? Secondhand I tech? have. I have. Yeah, the headphones that I'm wearing now, the ones I, I bought uh, partly in, in preparation for the podcast, there was a secondhand. And nice. yeah, it, it does make a big difference to the carbon footprint, but they're as good as new ones as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, which is great. And I think I talked before the podcast, I've actually got new headphones as well. Me and Sean have both got new headphones <laughs> for the podcast. Mine was secondhand. I found them on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, a man. guy bought them, you know, in August. So time recording, we're in December. So only like four months old and he just didn't use them. And they're perfect. Yeah. Well, that's sustainable on the part of both of you. Exactly. The person you bought it from for not disposing of them and yes. for you for buying them secondhand. Exactly. So a big, big um, recommendation from the team here is um, when you're considering Christmas presents, do look at that secondhand market first. There's some real steals you could have of some good tech. Um, Often the price cascades, doesn't it, after something's used once and you can just buy something new like phones and laptops and things. So that's that's a really good consideration to have. Um, If you're not buying and you've got or you've received a present, um, and you need to get rid of your tech, that's really important to consider as well, isn't it? So I guess the first thing you could do is try and get it repaired, which is quite hard at the moment because we don't have things like repair cafes and things that are necessarily operating, but maybe have a post on Facebook or in a local Facebook group. You'll be surprised how many like talented people there are out there. So certainly if it's a device and there's something wrong with it, say, you know, anyone got any advice of how to mend this? Can I deliver it to you to have a go at mending it? Um because ultimately, inside electronic devices are very rare earth minerals, aren't there? 
and very rare mm-hmm. resources. So um, we want to conserve those by recycling them or reusing them as much as possible. Yes, that's true. To mine for new uh, metals, usually uh, things like, I think, copper and cobalt. Cobalt like is a bad one, yeah. Yeah, it's a, a very intensive mining process. So as the whole big argument is there about electric cars, you know, uh, the big uptake in electric cars will actually be devastating on the environment. That's another topic, another conversation, another day. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, it links into the idea of embedded or embodied carbon or energy. That's something we'll be touching on a lot. So it's not only the actual carbon footprint of a device, but but the carbon footprint of its entire life cycle from its manufacture to its transportation. These are all things that we can reduce to an extent with these actions. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, big big recommendations. If you have electronic waste Christmas, number one is you know consider secondhand uh, before you buy it. If you do have new tech at Christmas, please do consider repairing it. And um, if not, please dispose of it correctly. So the correct way to dispose of electro items is through your local recycling center. So there will be a designated small electronics, uh, big I guess bin, a big container. Uh, that you can go and dispose them. If it goes in the actual general waste, that could be really bad news. It could either be burned, producing horrible, horrible pollutants from incineration plants, or it could be going to landfill, and the metals have very bad reactions under the conditions they to, and they leach out uh, chemicals into the waterways and polluting the local environment. So, mm-hmm. big one at Christmas: 12 million tons per year. Probably a big chunk of that is at Christmas, I'd imagine. Mm. Um, Sean, do you want to touch on food waste? Yes, yes, I will. And uh, this is something particularly relevant for the Christmas season. Um, we have an infographic here about turkeys in particular, which are uh, obviously a big component of the season. Mm-hmm. And it's estimated that 263,000 turkeys on average are thrown away during the Christmas period uh, in the UK alone. That's crazy. That's the equivalent, we'll say. The equivalent of 263,000 turkeys, which is crazy. Yes, in terms of what the the overall weight of the food waste. Yeah, I can't even imagine over 200,000 turkeys in terms no. of space. Again, it's too big a number for me to be able to no. actually conceptualise in any way. I think the, the learning point of all these stats is if the stat is too big for you to conceptualise, probably a major problem. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, how would you deal with uh, uh, stopping food waste in your house? What would you do? Well, I personally love to try and use leftovers in any creative way that I can. Don't buy too much food, I think, is the first thing. You know, reduce the amount of food you're buying. Um, But if not, save those leftovers, right? Absolutely. That links what you were saying to the reduce, to the waste hierarchy again, of uh, reducing is better than uh, recycling, or in this case, uh, leftovers. So it's better to actually reduce the amount that you eat in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Those are some quick facts we wanted to touch on for you guys. But now we just wanted to delve on this waste hierarchy. So it's a phrase that some of you might not have heard of, but the waste hierarchy is the way um, uh, we should think about waste in terms of what we're doing with it. So as soon as we produce something that we don't want, what we should be thinking, what steps we should be thinking um, of how to dispose of it, basically. So there's six key steps and me and Sean are going to take one each and just elaborate on that for you. So the very first thing you should think about when you have some wastage, whether at Christmas or another time of year. So this Christmas, if you have a piece of wastage, think prevent. Can I prevent that wastage from even happening? So like Sean's turkey example, can I make a soup and not throw all that meat away? That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Next up. Yes, I'll take the next one. It's reduce. 
So that's somewhat less preferable than preventing, right? If that's the top of the hierarchy. And yeah. reduce is next. Absolutely. So would that mean reducing what you use in the first place so yeah. that you wouldn't have to reuse it? So if you can't prevent using something, how can you reduce the amount you're using? So example, you know, if we think about, you know, gifts at Christmas, like I guess um, prevent, do they actually need that item? Do you need to give them that item? Mm -hmm. uh, could um or if you're giving them multiple of item do they need multiples of items and that links to reduce as well so i think they're kind of intertwined aren't they so preventing and reducing your wastage at the start yes yeah and where you do use something then the next important thing is to reuse so we touched on this with electronics getting rid of those so where you do have to get rid of something are you sure you can't reuse it can you offload it to a relative a friend can you sell it online um, you know, can you buy those headphones online? That's the key next step. That's number three. That's great. So the, the first three, prevent, reduce and reuse, concern the, the usage of whatever item in this situation. And the next three concern its disposal. And the fourth action in this hierarchy is recycle. So you might be familiar with reduce, reuse, recycle. Recycle comes next. And um, it's the best thing you can do in terms of disposal. It's uh, trying to repurpose it in, in some way. What can this item be recycled towards? What's the best way to get rid of it? Definitely, definitely. And ultimately, like conserving the material, isn't it? Like uh, we don't want to get rid of a material that we could use elsewhere. That's right. Like the wrapping paper. Can you yeah. recycle it to be used into more wrapping paper the next year? Dilemma. Um, and then when that isn't possible, uh, recover is the next thing. So often this is put in terms of energy recovery. So within each item, there's this embodied carbon. We said we'd talk about this. So the amount of carbon and I guess energy, embedded energy that it's took to make something um, and therefore that is theoretically stored within something. So food is a great example because it's been cooked, it's been frozen, it's been, you know, um, refrigerated, it's been packaged. So within that item, there's an embodied energy that's still there, an embodied carbon. So where you can't recycle it, can't recycle food, recover is the next thing. So in order to recover that energy, often what's done is incineration. So burning the waste to produce electricity. Um, the good thing is a lot of uh, council waste systems will be sent to incineration now. It's often seen as the alternative to landfill. So a lot of people are on with this now and a lot of waste goes to energy incineration. Maybe have a check of your local council and see if uh, that's something that they do. Um, I guess the other thing Recover kind of links to is suitably disposing of other waste like composting rather than putting in the bin. You know, uh, if you compost your tree, your natural tree, for example, you'll be um, giving those uh, that embodied energy to uh, microorganisms around your garden or something rather than mm -hmm. it just being burnt for electricity. So recover is number five. Recover sounds really nice, actually. I'm like surprised recover. it's so relatively low. But yeah. uh, then we have the sixth and final, the lowest in the hierarchy, and it's to dispose. Do not dispose unless that's the absolute last thing. Yes. It's, and where you, um, as you touched on it, it's mainly landfill, isn't it? That's that's yeah. what it refers to, which is yeah. the least sustainable option for disposal. Itself. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully not much happens at Christmas in terms of disposal um, with all the systems you have in place. But when you do have an item that you're thinking of getting rid of at Christmas because you don't want it or you're replacing something, do think about the waste hierarchy. 
So just recap, that was number one, prevent. Number two, reduce. Uh, reuse, number three. Number four, recycle. Number five, recover. And finally, if you do have to, dispose of it correctly and appropriately. Brilliant. So that's that's the waste hierarchy. Sean, that seemed a bit new to you sometimes. Some bits you didn't know about? It, no, not really. It's I've always known the three-part hierarchy. Yeah, that's just right. the classic reduce, reuse, recycle, which initially when I was younger, I didn't know it was a hierarchy. You just think of the three together, but then you realize, yeah. oh, it's an order. Recycling is actually the last thing you should do of those three. Absolutely. But then you have the expanded waste hierarchy universe where there's something better than reducing, which is preventing in the first place. And then, of course, there are less sustainable options than recycling. So that's just a fuller way to think about it. Definitely, definitely. Less nice on the tongue, isn't it? It's not the three R's. It's the six multi-letter thing. Yeah, but it's a hierarchy, <laughs> which sounds cool. It is cool. hierarchy. It does sound cool. Awesome. If you've just tuned in, this is the Sustainable Sort Out Dealing with Christmas Waste special of the R Effect podcast. Still to come, lots of mind-bending stats on material wastage, plus what is the most sustainable Christmas tree? Now we're going to delve into the big thing that we've been wanting to broadcast about today. Um, it's all big. It's all big, really, isn't it? But we're going to talk about Christmas trees. We've got different options for Christmas trees in general, and we are going to discuss those different options and to sort of assess them. Um, and yeah, and just just to analyze them, I suppose, because our goal is is yeah. not to discourage people from having trees or to to berate them for their choice of tree, <laughs> but just to discuss it and uh, the different sustainability meanings of those options. Absolutely. We're going to touch on sort of pros and cons of natural trees, pros and cons of artificial trees. We're going to talk about carbon sequestration and why that's important. We're going to talk about uh, fossil fuels and plastics and how that's linked to artificial trees. Uh, and then I think we're just going to touch really, we did this briefly in the waste hierarchy section, so you can listen back, but touching on the ways um, that the reasons why some disposal of waste is better than others, really. Um, and yeah, hopefully, like Sean says, give you a bit of a better picture of what tree you might want in your house this year. It's never too and, uh, early to plan for the next Never Christmas. too early. So what we wanted to cover was, we've got these two options, haven't we? Natural tree looks very pretty. People mm -hmm. like getting natural trees. They like that sort of connection to the greenery. As long as it's non-drop, do you find that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, non-drop is key, like really waxy ones. Mm -hmm. Um and alternatively, you have artificial trees, which um, look all right. They, yeah, you know, nice. they do a good job. <laughs> good yeah. job of looking like a tree. And uh, obviously, some have lights attached to it, you know, which is very, very, very festive. Um, mm -hmm. And we wanted to talk about these two in terms of their embodied carbon, really, because that's how we're analyzing this in terms of sustainability. So sustainability is about a whole multitude of factors, social, economic as well, like where are the trees produced, et cetera, working conditions. But... Uh, environmentally, the big thing is carbon emissions. So for those of you who perhaps don't know, um, carbon emissions are very bad because um, they get released to the atmosphere and they are basically sitting there absorbing heat, causing global warming and climate change impacts as we're knowing it today. Sean, anything to add? Was that a good explanation? No, that was good. It just occurred right? to me, I haven't thought for a long time about why in particular carbon emissions are bad. It's just, yeah. I know they're bad, carbon emissions yeah, are bad, but that's the first time I've heard um, the greenhouse <laughs> effect explained that's for right. years. So that, yeah, the green, that's great. Yeah, 
That's good. I'm pleased. Please pass the test. Uh, so yeah, greenhouse gas is, a, is what carbon dioxide in particular is classed as. You can also get things like nitrous oxide and methane, which we're going to come on to. But carbon is generally what it's all um, put as an equivalent, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, just carbon dioxide equivalent. So anyway, um, we found, we've been looking at the Carbon Trust's uh, website, which is a very reputable source, we think. And um, they released an article a couple of years ago um, all about artificial versus natural trees. And their estimations suggest that a two meter tall artificial tree that you buy once has an embodied carbon emission of around 40 kilograms. 40 kilograms of carbon. It's quite a lot, isn't it? It's quite a it lot. sounds like a lot. Yeah, it's certainly heavier than that tree would be, isn't it? So mm-hmm. sounds like a lot. I imagine kilogram being bag sugar things so if you imagine all that yeah. going up into the atmosphere that's what its embodied carbon is um and then comparatively a natural tree which you buy once they're estimating has about 3.5 kilograms of carbon dioxide equivalents that's so much lower isn't it mm, it's over 10 times lower yeah exactly so um we're going to discuss why this is and um sort of delve into the pros and cons of each one I will say the conditions with this were if you buy each tree and you either incinerate it, so that's the energy recovery, or if you um or if you compost it in the in the terms of natural tree, which would be even better, as we're gonna go on to. So like you say, ten times more, isn't it? So that means if you had an artificial tree, in theory you would have to use it eleven years in a row to achieve uh the sustainability of using a natural tree. Every year for 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, pretty crap. Were you surprised by that, Sean? I was, yeah. I mean, just from what I could imagine, I would have thought that artificial trees had a higher carbon footprint, but to hear it in those terms is kind of surprising. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Crazy. So I guess the main um, problems that's touch on the artificial trees, why that's so high, is they're composed of fossil fuel derived materials, aren't they? Yes. That's right. So, so it's, these it's are their the composition big, yeah. and also their transportation. Yeah, which, as they're often made overseas. Yeah, so very the the big bad chemicals really, which are drilled up from the earth. You know, um, mass processing happens to make them usable, and then they're actually produced into these plastic trees. And plastic not only has long impacts on the environment, but the energy it's required to make that is quite high, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's pretty crazy. So it's the overall embodied carbon, the embodied energy once again. Yeah, exactly. I suppose the other bad thing about, you know, a plastic tree, an artificial tree, is if if not disposed of correctly, like we alluded to, it could cause really bad physical pollution uh, in like, you know, landfill, but also potentially air pollution. Like I think of it being burnt, you know, and microplastics being released into the air. There's a whole load of emerging research on microplastics. They're pretty bad. Mm -hmm. Pretty bad. Um, but pros, I guess, last a long time, really. You could probably use an artificial tree for 11 years if you really wanted to. That's true. A bit of care. Yeah. Do you have a long-lasting artificial tree in your house, Sean? I I don't. We've always been a natural tree family. I mean, I don't imagine many people are buying an artificial tree every year. No, they would probably have so. one. So it, it's possible. And uh, it's a way from having to secure a tree every year forever. Yeah, definitely. I think so. I think 11 years as a target, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's a very 50-50 split. I feel like some people might 
buy an artificial tree and try and use it for as long as possible. But I think some people probably get a bit bored and they'd probably want a white one or, you mm. know, a nice, some different tinsel that doesn't go with that one. I'm thinking of, you know, the quite sort of artsy people might prefer that sort of thing. So it's quite a, it's an interesting target in terms of years, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's just about doable. It's not like it's 300 years or something like that, but it's still a long time to have yeah. to commit to one tree. Definitely. So story from the Causley household is we have a tree that is 26 years old. Oh, wow. It's 26 years old. So my parents bought it um, when uh, I was not not even here on this earth. And um, they've had it for 26 years this year. And but I will say, you know, as part of that process, it has been gifted to me in my big room. And me and my brother tended to have that tree over the past 10 years. And mum and dad bought a different tree for the lounge. So as much as great, we used it for 26 years. We did really kind of replace it with another artificial tree. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but it's still here and living and breathing artificially. Um, and uh, yeah, 26 years. So definitely possible, isn't it? Yeah. Is that second tree you bought? Has that been the same tree for 10 years? Um, you know what? I don't know because my parents used to own a pub and there were a lot of trees. <laughs> I can't remember which ones were right. in. But yeah, obviously if it was bought halfway down. That's still a good result, isn't it? Got any more on pros and cons of artificial trees, Sean? I was wondering, do they have a smell? Like, can you artificially add the pine smell? Because that's Ooh. a pro of natural trees, but there's, there's no point. reason you couldn't have that with plastic trees as well, I suppose. Ooh, yeah, you could maybe get like a nice incense or something. To get yeah. If it's, this is the smell you're going for, people, probably go natural tree, but if not, that's maybe there's incense or something. <laughs> yeah, Sean, what else? Do, let's touch on natural trees then. What do you think the main pro of a natural tree is? Well, I guess overall it would be its sustainability. If you're thinking about it in those terms, you've got the 10 times less uh, embedded carbon in the in the single tree. Um, and I think it has advantages. Other than that, I, I like the idea of having a living tree in the house. Because mm. um, we'll say, I guess the divide is uh, you could have a nat natural tree which is cut down. Yeah. which is the 3.5 kilograms. But if you have a living, breathing tree that you replant, that is like sustainability gold because that is still um, actively drawing carbon out of the atmosphere, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But even even a tree that's cut and kept in the house still has its advantages. Absolutely. Yeah, so um, I guess that the main pro surrounding all that is the fact that this is a natural material over time, a tree photosynthesizes carbon and locks it away. So in theory, when you um, when you cut down the tree, you know, it's um, it's 3.5 kilograms of carbon. It's carbon that's absorbed over its lifetime, I guess. Mm -hmm. And um, when you dispose of it, if you dispose of it in the worst way, the worst that can happen is all of that carbon will just be released back. So at the end of the day, there's not a net increase in carbon. Whereas if you were having an artificial tree made for you, those fossil fuels would have stayed in the ground if we hadn't tampered with them and that carbon would have been locked away anyway. That's right. Yeah, in a, in a way, arguably carbon neutral by having a having a natural tree. Yeah, and that's if it's disposed of in the worst way by mm. a landfill. Absolutely. So um, the other pro is that you can compost a natural tree, which um, is a super sustainable way of disposing of items, isn't it? Yes, it is. So let's, uh, let's go into and composting. More Sorry, doable than you might think as well. 
Yeah, more do with the absolutely. So composting is like a key thing that makes natural trees even better and makes, you know, disposing of any natural compound better, whether it's food waste, whether it's plants, whether it's um don't know <laughs> other stuff. Anything or like organic in the sense of made of natural compounds. Yeah. It's the best way. So um do you compost, Sean? I do. Yeah, we do it at home in Cardiff. Nice. I don't do it at my home in Cornwall, yeah. but Shame it's, on me, good, I don't practice. down here in Cornwall, my family don't, so I'm glad you said you did, because that gives our podcast credibility. Oh, that's true. <laughs> I mean, it, it is easier said than done, but it, it is still possible. Yeah, definitely. So like Sean said, it's actually easy you think, to compost your natural tree. If you're not doing it already, we'd highly recommend you do it. So um, I know that a lot of councils are collecting trees. Um, certainly if you're listening and you're in Cornwall, Cornwall Council will collect your natural Christmas tree to take away to compost for you um, over two dates, two weeks in January. So leave it out with your general um, waste and recycling, everyone, if you live in Cornwall. Um, but yeah, in your garden, I guess, as well, Sean, is the next best thing. Yes. You could literally leave your tree in a corner of your garden. Mm-hmm. In a year, it will compost down. Don't know how much, but it will be composting. It might take a couple of years, but... Um, all the natural goodies and natural insects and microorganisms will be breaking that down. And the processes that happen in that, which is why it's beneficial, is because it's um, in this open space in oxygen, isn't it? So yes. the microorganisms break it down and they don't produce worse chemicals than, uh, yeah, the chemicals that are produced aren't as bad as if you burnt it, for instance. Yes. And that that's because it it decomposes aerobically or with oxygen yeah, that's right. as i understand it that's a limited right, yeah. chemical understanding i think you're right yeah exactly so um i've got a table here from uh the ipcc which is the intergovernmental panel on climate change which is um sort of yeah world standard for climate research isn't it so um classic there's this um term i guess called global warming potential um gwp and each Greenhouse gas, as we touched on earlier, whether it's carbon dioxide, other examples here are methane and nitrous oxide, which are released through degrading natural materials because it's made up of those chemicals. Um, They have different global warming potentials. Uh, I think the standard is done on CO2. So CO2 is one global warming potential. Um, Yes. And then they compare it to that, don't they? So the great thing about composting is it only releases co2 and very little amounts of other more harmful chemicals but as soon as you go to burn it in a contained environment so if you if you sent your natural tree to incineration through general waste or if it was burnt generally it limits the amount of oxygen that can get to those compounds doesn't it so um, it will result in more production of methane. That's typically done in anaerobic, so without oxygen conditions. Um, and that global warming potential is 72. Oh, wow. So for each molecule of carbon dioxide that instead is uh, methane, it's like 72 times worse in terms of global warming, which is crazy. That is. That's pretty crazy. So the goal is to compost people, really. Yeah, so that's that's waste that only composting can actually truly yes, process. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so yeah, do it in your garden, leave it there. You might have a compost heap. You could maybe saw up your tree, chip, uh, um, you know, cut all the branches off and make it a bit more contained. Less so for the tree. I found something, Sean, that I don't know if you've heard of. It's called vermicomposting. Have you heard of that? I haven't. 
Is that something to do with worms? It is. How did you know it was to do with worms? Because of uh, it's Italian for worm, isn't it? Is Ver- it? Vermi. Because like vermicelli, the pasta. Oh my god! It looks like worms. Really? I believe so. I didn't know that. Wow. There you are, people. You didn't think you'd learn that on a Christmas podcast. So you might be thinking, I don't have a garden. I can't compost. We're a bit away from Christmas trees now. If you're trying to compost food waste, for instance, um, you can get this thing called a worm bin, which if you can <laughs> if you can get your head around the fact that it is basically a container full of soil and worms, <laughs> you can put all your natural waste in there and the worms break it down because they're amazing at breaking it down. So you can have that inside because it's all contained. It's like, you remember when you were little, you used to get bought like those worm houses. Yeah, I had a worm farm. Did you? Worm farm. Oh, they're great. Yeah. So you could have your own worm farm, everyone, inside. Amazing. So yeah, wow. compost your food waste. Um, and yeah, I just had the stats here from the government uh, have a set of carbon conversion factors every year that they update. Industry standard, basically, isn't it, Sean? Mm-hmm. And um, it's you can see clearly on there, um, composting is 10 kilograms of carbon dioxide per tonne of waste. And as soon as you move up to incineration, that's 20 once, that's double it. So you really want to be composting anything that you can compost. Yes. Yeah. As To the extent that you can, I think I might try, and try to start doing it in Cornwall as well. Yeah, I think I'd have to. Reach. I think me and you should it, get a... Yeah, yeah, I think we, we could do it jointly. We do a worm bin. I was thinking as well, if you're listening and you're from the Penryn or Falmouth campuses, up at the Penryn campus, um, there is a allotment and a compost heap that I think you can just go and dump freely. It's owned by Green Living, the society. Shout out to Green Living. Um, and I was thinking to myself, if I had a container, you know, like a council container, if I bought one, I could probably walk it up once a week because I don't produce much food waste anyway. Walk it up, chuck it on the compost heap. Um, I want to say that would be okay. Green Living, is that okay? I feel like it is. Um, so, yeah, just go up and dump it on there. So, yeah. So to recap then on trees, we've talked all about different methods of disposal, um, different ways of measure sustainability, particularly carbon content then. So, yeah, key points, I guess, Sean, are if you want an artificial tree, it's got an embodied carbon of 40 kilograms carbon dioxide equivalent, and it would mean you have to use it for at least 11 years to make it um, the same impact as using a natural tree cut down every year for 11 years, basically. Yeah, that's right. I think you're in the good book, Sean, having a natural tree, to be honest. Yes. And I thought of another pro for natural yes. trees. Go for it. It's that uh, my cats used to um, <laughs> go insane and just try and play with the tree, which was really fun. You could, I imagine you could have that with a plastic tree to an extent, but Definitely. they recognised the smell and it was always really funny. Definitely. Um, it must like, it has that smell, doesn't it? So it must attract animals in a way and like make them want to rub up against it and stuff. Yeah. You haven't had your tree pulled down by cats? No, they're not strong enough, but they've tried. (laughs) They have tried. They have tried. Next up, we wanted to take you through, um, I guess, some ways of conceptualising. Would that be right? Sort of seeing what an unwanted gift that is incorrectly disposed of um, could equate to and just other materials that might be uh, wasted at Christmas time in particular as well. So, Sean, take your pick from one of these. Some really staggering ones. Right. Well, oh, there's this stat here on unwanted Christmas presents, and it's that one tenth of unwanted Christmas presents are put in the bin. That's crazy. One in ten. Yeah. That's, that's mad. That is a, that's... 
I suppose that's one one tenth of unwanted presence. Ah, uh, yes, we're unwanted. Mm, that's that's a, a lot. That's a good point. That's probably a lot. So as soon as you times that up, it's probably quite high, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Have you received unwanted presents in the past? There are none that I can think of. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I feel like we're better at picking presents for each other. It's, it's very impulsive at Christmas sometimes, isn't it? Like you just feel like you have to buy something for yeah. everyone to be giving when actually, you know, they just want your company and like nice Christmas vibes. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, just make sure if you've got something, if you don't need it or want it, just try selling it or try giving it to a charity shop. Yes. Yeah, there are lots of ways that you can sell it online now, whether that's through Gumtree or other marketplaces like on Facebook. Yeah, nice. So you have Def- options if you have some awful present that you don't yeah. want in your life. Just absolutely don't throw it in the bin because that could be terrible. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, we've got a few stats now on sort of recycling wise and sort of wastage. So we've got a stat here that says that one metal can if you recycle it, could save two hours of electrical power, which is crazy. Oh, wow. That's mad, isn't it? So the energy, I guess, it would take to dispose of a can that isn't recycling could mean set of Christmas lights for two hours you could power through recycling your metal cans. So just make sure you recycle those cans, people. That's great. So just one can. Yeah. And you can dispose it yeah. so long as you recycle it and, and it generates two hours of energy. Yeah. So that's from that energy, well, from recycling, I guess, but yeah, the energy is in it. Yeah. The stat we've got here is that over 13,000 tonnes of glass is binned every year during December and January. That's mad. Glass is a weird one, isn't it? Because you just think that's like people, you feel like people would just recycle that, but I guess not. Yeah. Because there's some confusion i have about what's recyclable and what isn't but glass is always the clearest thing to me yeah that that is recyclable and then we have 13,350 tons uh, during christmas time every year goes in the bin not recycled so just yeah please do think about recycling those glass jars or if you see family members you know putting in the incorrect bin be like oh no <laughs> put it in there's like here's our recycling bin really right. easy to recycle glass just wash it out make sure it's clean Mm-hmm. And um, if you even better, you could reuse the jars. Yeah, you've got the waste hierarchy again. It's Absolutely. always better to reuse. Yeah, the very good thing, actually, you might have mentioned it on a, a later when we talk about Christmas gifts, but like they do those like dry baking glasses. Have you seen those? Like contains all the dry ingredients, looks very cool and like textured. And then you just yeah. add the milk and water to it. So, yeah, you could almost make up one of those for someone as a gift. Mm, that's a nice idea. Yes, that's pretty cool. Uh, we've also got uh, Christmas cards, um, kind of linked to wrapping paper, I guess. Uh, but 1.5 billion Christmas cards are thrown away. Thrown away, not oh, recycled. Man. That's by the UK. Just in the year. UK? One and a half ridiculous. billion. I mean, what population are we in the UK? Like, it's like 60 million odd. 60 million. So that's like, I don't know. More than More double. than two cards per person. Crazy. So some people are obviously big throw away people for christmas cards mm. yeah, so i guess just think to the wrapping paper point that sean said um just make sure if there's no glitter on that or fabric or you know metallic stuff those cards can be recycled so do recycle them um the other method i do is have you heard of that if you can tear a piece of paper or cardboard it's recyclable then you oh, know whether it's got now. that plastic coating or something so if you can tear it if it hasn't got glitter fabric or metal they can be recycled. Please do recycle them. 
or a little crafty thing here that we noted is um, use them as present tags. Cut them out. Use present tags. Oh, that's a nice idea. My granddad is good at that. Not necessarily at Christmas, but my granddad will cut out bits from the newspaper and use them in cards, like as funny like joke bits or like funny stickers or whatever. Oh, nice. Um, there's some other, I thought I'd note here, Sean, you probably heard of these. Um, there's some other Christmas cards around now besides the norm that mm. you could also buy. Have you heard of any of these? Yes. Well, you've got the just recycled uh, content on the cards in general, mm. but I have bought cards which uh, you can plant and uh, have wildflower seeds embedded within them. So okay. once you're done with the card, then you can grow wildflowers in your garden, which is a lovely yeah. sustainable alternative. Absolutely. Um, yeah, you can find those quite regularly now. So, yeah, keep an eye out for them. So I know of one in Cornwall called Loop Loop, double loop, basically. Okay. Um, and they are cards you can buy, which are made of, uh, you know, wildflower seeds embedded in the paper. So you can you can plant them. It's quite easy. I've had it. I'm well admit I had a go last year at planting some because I, I basically found them in Cornwall um, and realized they were a thing. Um, you do probably need to. Um, I couldn't get mine to grow. But that's not dissing the wildflower cards. I think I was just inadequately prepared for what I'd have to do. Um, so you do have to sort of soak the card a bit to get the seeds sort of released and then you can plant it in something. Right. And you know what I did? I put them in a bit of soil inside an oatly, so an alternative milk carton. <laughs> so just in a little square, upcycling everything. So that's good. That's great. I guess the other thing is um, a lot of people have sent e-cards this year, haven't they? Like, you know, with coronavirus pandemic, um, wanting to send people wishing well and things. E-cards are true. an option as well. That saves yeah. actual material resources. Mm, that is true. Mm. I do think I do think there's nothing like receiving a card though, is there? Like, yeah, I, I was gonna say I do. It's nice to have like a physical affirmation of love. It's yeah, nice. I think so. Yeah, definitely. So there we are. That's some stats on material wastage. Hopefully, that's helped you think about some extra things uh, you can consider when considering when you're buying stuff. You have been listening to the Sustainable Sortout Dealing with Christmas Waste special of the RFX podcast. Big thank you to my co-host, Sean Walters. This is Jake Causley signing off. Not got enough of your sustainability craving? Then head to our Anchor site, that's anchor.fm forward slash r effect pod, where you can stream the back catalogue of our episodes on your favourite streaming apps. Thank you for listening.